listening to episode 30, chapter 4 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Josh Havens. And I'm Chris Lamberth. And we're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that he would help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. And today we're continuing our conversation with Don Everts about his latest book, The Reluctant Witness. Don Everts is the Content Development Manager in the Global Ministries Division for Lutheran Hour Ministries. A poet and preacher at heart, Don speaks at conferences and churches across the country, inviting skeptics and believers alike to gaze at Jesus and be thrilled. Don spent the last 10 years working in the local church and the 14 years before that working on college campuses with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Whether in the church or on campus, Don has walked with non-Christians as they discover the person of Jesus and has worked with Christians in being able to fruitfully do the same in their own relationships. If you're listening to this podcast right now, then it's likely that you have a deep desire to grow in your relationship with Christ and to make other disciples. But if you're like most Christians today, you struggle with talking to non-Christians about your faith. Well, that's okay. Because our guest, Don Everts, used to feel this way as well. He was what he calls a reluctant witness. But he's here to share with us how we can become eager conversationalists, how we can become disciples who are ready and willing to take advantage of the opportunities for spiritual conversations. And it all starts with the right preparation. I want to get into how we can become eager conversationalists. Like, so we're either reluctant or not having them at all so in that category where you're saying less than 10 a year. Yeah. Uh, we definitely want to get people up more than that. Um, how do we start this? And, and I thought maybe I could ask you, cause we've been talking about a lot of data and some things, but yeah. you have just one of the best stories in it about how sort of, it was that moment when you sort of realized that you could become an eager or a conversationalist, yes, yes. Um, even though you were an introvert and it has to do with preparation. Yeah. It's interesting because uh, I had, I'd gone down on a, a two month, you know, kind of experience and being in villages and leading, uh, leading things. And, and, and I was asked to like get up and, and share a testimony. And here I was doing it. And I realized in the midst of it, this is really fun. And, and I'm not scared. And, uh, and, and I reflected on that later and, and, um, in, in reflecting on scripture as well, that, you know, Ephesians six, uh, Paul talks about putting on the full armor of God and, and be strong in the Lord. And I kind of reflected on how I had been equipped for that moment, right? I had, we had studied scripture together and we, and, and we had prayed a lot for the summer and, uh, and, and I had been asked to, Hey, reflect on something God's done in your life recently, you know, and maybe, and write down an outline of it. So, so I was more self-aware. I, you know, I was thinking about those things. Um, and, and, and this is one of the, so my experience was that how I lived my life applying spiritual disciplines, praying, being in the Bible, reflecting on my life in Jesus. Some of these things equipped me to be more at ease in a spiritual conversation. And, and actually, the research really, uh, really underscores this. Uh, one of the things that eager conversationalists have five characteristics in common with each other, and none of them are things you're born with. You know, so like it's not you're extroverted. That's not it. Actually, temperament is doesn't determine whether you're eager or reluctant. It's actually these other things like what you believe about sin and salvation and the cross. 
like do you apply spiritual disciplines in your life, right? Your guys' ministry of like helping people like have an ongoing relationship with Jesus actually prepares us for having spiritual conversations with other people. Um, do we see ourselves as a witness and, and, and our identity, right? You, I know you guys talk a lot about knowing your identity, knowing that I am called to be a witness, that part of my identity, is not not part of my worth, but part of my identity yes. is, is, is that uh, I'm a, the light of the world. Jesus said that about his disciples, you know. And if you have that understanding and you're indwelling in, in, in that, you will have more spiritual conversations. Um, if, if you expect more spiritual conversations, so you're like, I, I want to be on the lookout. God, you know, where are you moving in the people around me? You will have more spiritual conversations. And, and then the final one is feeling prepared. Uh, people who feel prepared, feel equipped to talk about their faith have more spiritual conversations. I, 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 that probably doesn't sound like rocket science, but one, of, but one of the things that has changed in the last 25 years is the number of respondents who say, my church does a good job of equipping me to know how to talk about my faith. That number has gone down significantly uh, in 25 years. Our churches aren't preparing us uh, like they like they once did. And so it helps to be prepared. You know, we I've worked with friends here at Lutheran Hour Ministries on developing we, we call it the spiritual conversation curve, which is a simple way of, of thinking about what's the spiritual posture of the person I'm talking to. And so how can I be praying for them and, and meet them where they are? Simple little tools like that, you know, they're, they're not simplistic, but they're simple. They're memorizable. It helps people feel more confident uh, rather than like, you know, I don't I just have to think of whatever random thing I'm supposed to say. No, we can actually be wise in how we walk with uh, with other people. So all those things, putting on that armor, if you will, be, being prepared over time in that way does make us stronger. And the research shows we will have more spiritual conversations and we'll enjoy them more. Yeah. No, and I think that's such a good point that this preparation and, and, and again, reading the book, I can't help but notice there might be some sort of reciprocal relationship between going out on a limb, maybe embracing the awkward and sharing your faith will sort of spur you on to to do more preparation. It might cause you to jump into the word more, to pray more, to, you know, fast for someone or something like that. And then doing those activities will lead you to having more spiritual conversations because you'll be more comfortable. You'll be more embracing of your identity and saying like, oh, yeah, no, th this is perfectly fine. You'll be more attuned to those mm -hmm. everyday moments instead of, again, I laughed out loud when I read it in the book. It's like, hey, your neighbor got a new car. Oh, cool. What, what would happen if you got run over, you know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, That's right. It, it, and instead, you know, it, it might come from something so much more organic or, or natural. It's like, oh, I got a car. It's like, but you don't sound that happy about it. It's like, well, yeah, but you know, I kind of felt, and it's, oh, tell me about that. And you sort of get naturally into that conversation, which again, for me is the most fear inducing is I feel underprepared. In fact, sure. I even remember it, it, at a small group and I was a small group with our worship pastor and, and he even admitted to the group, he said, you know, one of the reasons I probably don't share my faith is because honestly, I don't understand the gospel enough. And I was like, wow. Yeah. That was really sort of like the first eye opening. And I was in seminary at the time. So it was sort of like, you know, my head was full of just stuff <laughs> anyway. But 
it's a very real problem. And then once you get out there in the world and you start trying to talk to anybody, you have another great story of when you were sitting in college and, you know, you, you sort of got put on the spot by your professor. Yeah. Man, in those moments, it doesn't matter how much you think you know. Everything That's sort right. of just like right. drops out of your mind and you're like, well, um, uh, uh. but so I think I think the more prepared we can get. And it's doing all these things that you're talking about, these four habits of eager conversationalists to, to just simply relax, to be gentle. That's right. The, the conversational, uh, the spiritual conversation curve was a beautiful tool because, again, if I can go into a situation at least having some ammunition, again, maybe not the where you're going to go if you die today, yeah. but just saying, oh, wait a second, I don't have to convert this person right here, right now. Yeah. I can simply say, "Oh, well, tell me about that." Or that's right. You know, how, how has that affected you? Well, so many times we t- we we tend to think that asking questions that will further the conversation means that we to go back to one of those myths. We have to ask the right question mm-hmm. when really, so many times it's about just showing a genuine interest in the other person, valuing them as a person, and allowing the relationship to create the opportunities for you to then say. Let me tell you about what God's been doing in my life in this. I mean, we want to do that kind of stuff all the, all the time anyway. Like if Chris and I are talking about movies that we like, uh, if he's gone through a list of like two different movies that, that he's really enjoyed, the next thing I want to do is like, yeah. well, have you seen this movie? Yep. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We want to share those experiences with each other. That's right. And, and I, I think one, one of the issues, and this is why I've been working on a lot of tools that can equip people, is because a lot of the tools we've inherited we're fashioned for a different age than we're living in. And I think we intuitively sense, like here's a tool of how to argue someone across the line. And I think we intuitively sense like, I don't I'm not, I don't think that's gonna work now. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna yeah. fly now. And like we intuitively sense that the gospel's less in season, but we still need tools. And, and so that's why one of my commitments and callings is, is to help create cool, uh, tools, like that little, that conversation curve, right? You know, we made some online courses and, and a lot of different things. And one of the things I felt cheesy doing this, we made these little cards. We call them the curve card. And I felt a little cheesy, like, I can't believe I'm making a card to fit in someone's wallet. You know, like, it's too, it's too simple. Here's the crazy thing, guys. Everywhere I go, that's what people want. That's the thing that sticks. And they're like, having that model that I can carry around in my wallet and carry around in my head makes such a huge difference. Uh, and, and so, and that's part of it. It's just being equipped to be faithful in the only age any of us are ever going to get to live in. This this is when God, maybe we wish we lived back, back when Christianity was more in season, but that wasn't God's will for our life. And so how do we be faithful uh, in, in the age that he has called us to live in? Yeah. No, I think that that curve card, I read about that. I'm like, I've got to get this for myself. And because uh, Josh and I are working on a few other um, resources exactly like that for having, for we wouldn't just have said it simple, this way, but spiritual reference. conversations, yeah, to just sort of initiate that with with other people. And so yeah. no, I think those things are brilliant because if nothing else, they'll act as habit triggers. And so you can just like either pull that out and like oh, right. it's, it's a simple reminder if you get lost or stuck or it just could be a simple prompting. And so, no, thank you for that. Tell us a little bit about these courses, though, that you've done with Lutheran Hour Ministry, because I do want to promote them. They sound very fascinating. I'm really interested in looking into them um, for myself. So, yeah, so we t- we took a lot of the, the best stuff of the findings and, and, you know, my book, The Reluctant Witness, is kind of a kind of a, uh, an overview, if you will, uh, kind of hitting all the pieces. But we took each of them and just did a deeper dive, you know, and, uh, 
and created online courses. They're free. They're, you know, they're completely free. They have, there's videos, there's, you know, we have, we have interviews with a, a new believer and the two believers who kind of walked with her through her journey and they interview each other. Like, well, when I was unreceptive, you know, what was that like for you? Was I mean to you? And, you know, and the Christians asked the non-Christian, you know, when you were, when you were seeking, what did we do that was helpful? You know, so so we have a lot of interactive elements of the spiritual conversation curve. We have a whole course designed around that. We have a whole course called Eager to Share, which goes into the five characteristics that eager conversationalists have and how we can develop those and ideas for how we can grow and all that. Uh, so all the stuff we're learning with Barna, we're, we're trying to go deep and deliver it in a way that anyone anywhere, don't pay us. It's free to <laughs> take it. And grow and be equipped. I mean, Lutheran Hour is all about bringing Christ to the nations. And if this helps that happen, amen. We're excited about it. That's awesome. I really want to encourage people to go and check these out. Just, again, great resources. They're for free. You can and, find the links to them in the show notes. Yes, and yep. they will definitely be a great part of your journey and, and helping equip you for, for this. Um Don, final question. Yeah. What sort of transformation are you hoping people come away with after reading your book? Mm. What is the change that you want to happen in them? Yeah, I hope that they are more calm and they turn and say hi more often and just see what God does with it. Because the reality is there's a bigger fear of offense. But individuals like having spiritual conversations and they enjoy them. And so my hope is that people are less fearful. Uh, and then they just turn and say hi and see what God does with it. See, see, see where he leads it. I, I think if we just do that a little bit more, um, I think we'll be surprised what happens. Thank you so much. Uh, where can people go to pick up a copy of your book and find out more about what you're doing? Yeah, great. So a lot of the resources I'm working on right now are on Lutheran Hour Ministries website. So if they go to lhm.org for Lutheran Hour Ministries uh, slash conversations. And they can find a lot of the information there. Uh, if the courses can be found slash learn. And we have a whole page for the curve slash curve, lhm.org slash curve. And people can get the stuff for free. And and uh, a lot of the stuff I'm working at, that's where I'm putting it. Awesome. And again, we will have links to everything in the show notes. Awesome. So you guys can go there if you can't uh, remember all the slashes and stuff like that. So uh, great. Don, thank you so much for being with us and um, being willing to, to share your reluctantness. Again, people have to go pick up the book because there are still a whole lot of awesome stories we didn't get to cover, and uh, they definitely don't want to miss them. So thank you. Well, Chris and Josh, it's been great to have a spiritual conversation with you today. Blessings. Your challenge at the end of this week's episode is simple. Go out and say hi to someone you don't know with the goal of having a spiritual conversation. The research shows that people like having spiritual conversations, and they actually feel better afterward. It doesn't have to be a full gospel presentation, so let go of the pressure and recognize it can be as simple as saying hi, asking someone about how their week is going, and sharing what God's been doing in your own life this week. If you feel uncomfortable with this, take some time to prepare. Journaling and writing about what God's been doing in your life is a great way to prepare. You can also ask a trusted friend to tell you what they see God doing in your life. When you get a feel for what God is doing in your own life, sharing that story with others becomes much easier. How can you create a lifestyle of discipleship? 
Most Christians think discipleship is a program or a few practices thrown in at the beginning or end of the day. But we want to help you create a lifestyle where walking with Jesus throughout the day is not only possible, but natural. And we have a tool that's going to help you do just that. It's called the Daily Growth Journal. It's a guided journal that's going to help you become secure in your identity with God and authentically walk with Him in your daily life. Growing daily in your walk with Christ is possible if you cultivate a lifestyle of discipleship. And the Daily Growth Journal will help you do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Don and his work, check out lhm.org. If you like what you've heard this week, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast player you use. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to stay up to date on everything happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. You can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.